0: It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with your host, Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Schlereth, alongside my co host, Mike Evans. Ben, uh, millennial, Ben, producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at. Um, at Bet Rivers, bet with the winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Check them out at betrivers.com. Also, our guys at Dude Wipes. Uh, I tell you what, great, uh, just great over there. Dude Wipes. Check them out. DudeProducts.com. Enter the uh, code STINK fifteen for fifteen percent off of all your. You know, get them for the holidays. Change somebody's life. Buy them some Dude Wipes and uh, and clean them up. And uh, Dude uh, DudeProducts.com. Uh, promo code STINK fifteen for fifteen percent off. Mike, how are you, buddy? Life changing, huh? Yeah, life changed change somebody's life. I like. Hey, that. I changed your life. I I, oh, I turned absolutely. you on. Absolutely, absolutely. I turned you on.
1: I don't. I don't know what took me so long. So thank mm-hmm. you for showing me the light, so to speak. I, I long time ago, long time ago, when I was just out of college, one of the first teams I got to cover professionally were the Bill Parcells coach New England Patriots and Man, that was a treat. Every day was like football 101. And you always learned something new with Bill Parcells. And one thing he always talked about was that, in his opinion, the football season truly started after Thanksgiving. And now here we are at Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. Do you believe that? Is this where the season really
0: starts? Well, like, I I think when you start to play in November, and and it used to be what – you'd hit thanksgiving and and if you were in contention how you played down the stretch how you played when the weather got cold how you controlled the line of scrimmage how you ran the ball those teams to me are the ones that kind of took off and started playing their best football toward playoffs so i think there's i think there's some truth to it you know i it's always funny i'm going to cover the giants this weekend and um you know, Joe Judge, Judge was always like, hey, the first four weeks, you know, I've talked to him several times. First four weeks of the season are just an extension of the preseason. I'm like, I don't know. I, I You know, I don't know about that philosophy based upon, you know, you, you go 0-4, you struggle out of the gates, and and you're pretty much done. Um, yeah, you have to keep getting better, but you got to find ways to win games. And, you know, Bill Parcell's disciple is Sean Payton. And he used to say, or Sean used, to, or Sean told me that Bill used to tell him all the time: "There's a way to win every game. You just got to find a way to, you know, got to find a way to do it. You got to find a way to put your players in those positions." So, as coaches, so you, I, I, I tend to agree with that. But you have to set yourself up so that you can make that push in November.
1: I'm looking right now at the, at the standings going into this whole. NFL weekend and just really quickly, allow me to do the counting here in my mm-hmm. in my out loud. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, eight teams in the AFC. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. about about seven in the NFC are all five and five or six and four. When when you get to this stage of the season, if you've played ten games. Do you think, realistically, a team can think that they have a win six out of seven, win five out of seven stretch in them to suddenly get hot and kind of break out of that 500 rut or malaise they've found themselves in up until this point?
0: I think there are some teams that are legitimate when they say that, that legitimately have a chance to do those things based upon the way they're constructed and the way they're playing. Um. so let me just give you Let's a, do a little instance. game here I'll, I know okay. you love games
1: I'll uh I'll mention a team that's five and five or six and four and as I go through them you you stop me and then make your case for them
0: okay okay all, all right. right that's perfect
1: all right here we go um uh, starting in the AFC Buffalo
0: um my yeah they they definitely do I mean they forget about The fact that they were unprepared to play, which is going to happen occasionally, and they just got punched in the mouth against the Indianapolis Colts. They're still a really good team. Offensively, they are dynamic. Defensively, heck, they were probably the number one or right up there in the top of the defensive charts uh, right up until the point. They uh, played Indianapolis, and Indianapolis ran through them like poop through a goose, but there was a bunch of turnovers. There were... You know there were a lot of issues um, that happened in that particular game that gave short fields, and they couldn't they couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor. But yes, I still believe that the Buffalo Bills uh, are going to be a contender at the end. All right, Cincinnati. <sighs> that just I'm when you want to no. write them
1: off, though they granted yeah, it was against the did. Raiders, but still they they took care of business both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, they did, but I still they're still. They're still. I just don't. I.
1: They're the Bengals. You can't uh, trust them.
0: R- right. It's it's like buying a product. You know, it's like buying a product and not want to invest in the. Uh, you know, invest in the warranty. You know, you're like, right. no, nah, I don't really want to spend an extra hundred and twenty dollars on the warranty. <laughs> right. And then you're like, then you're like, damn, I should have bought that warranty because they're the Bengals. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I'm at. Plus, in the division they play in. Baltimore has so many injuries, so many issues. They they played without their starting quarterback last week. Uh, he was sick again. Um, and, you know, they've had all their running backs injured. They've had so many different things go, go wrong, correct? Mm-hmm. And yet, they're still the Baltimore Ravens, and I still have faith that they're going to figure it out. Um, and the Steelers – you know, although they lost to to the Chargers, you know, they they came back and tied that thing up at like 37 apiece and end up losing, you know, end up losing in the fourth quarter in this dramatic wild fourth quarter. But the Steelers are playing well and they're playing without some key defensive players. So, bottom line is I still have a lot of faith in um I still have a lot of faith in those two. I don't have I don't have the faith in the Browns or in the Bengals division, I, I just don't buy the Bengals or the Browns. Yeah, or the Browns for that matter. Okay, I don't buy the Browns either. I they've got a quarterback that I just don't. Right now, I just don't feel like he is the answer. Mm-hmm. In in you know, even though people are really excited about him, and you know, he's got the list and this, that, and the other. I mean, his own fan base is booing him right now. Oh, I don't, so, I don't, know. I
1: don't know if he has the list anymore. When asked about. If he was bothered by Browns fans booing him, he said he doesn't care.
0: Uh, He cares. I find that hard to believe.
1: In fact, I think he found out all the names of all the 70,000 people that were there booing him, and they're all on his list now. He's a list guy. By the way, he's a list guy.
0: How good. How good would the progressive commercial be when they're kicking him out of of the stadium that he lives
1: in? He's going to another stadium. He's walking down the street looking for another stadium.
0: Can we do that? Like the moving trucks are there. There's an eviction notice. There's an eviction notice. (laughs) You've been been evicted. You've
1: been evicted from your home. Cleveland no longer wants you. Ouch. Well, if there's one reason for, I guess, rooting for him to turn it around is I do love the commercials. So I guess that's uh, there. He he really does a good job. He does does a great job. Give him that. He does a great job. Uh, All right. So we continue this exercise of teams that have middle of the pack records, but you think maybe are not middle of the pack teams. I would assume Indianapolis is a team you look now that way.
0: Yeah, I think the middle of the pack record, but they are physical. They know how to run the ball. They seem to be figuring it. Like they seem to be figuring it out. Carson Wentz playing better. I love the balance. I think they. I think they only threw it twenty times. <laughs> I think. I think Jonathan Taylor had thirty-two carries, and they threw it. Uh, they threw it twenty times. I mean, I. I think they're figuring out the balance. They're playing a physical style of football they feel like a team that's just going to take off here toward the end.
1: Okay. In the AFC West, Kansas City seems to have found their mojo. Great. That was fun while it lasted being able to talk mm-hmm. about the demise of the Chiefs, but uh, uh we knew it probably wouldn't last and it uh, does not appear to be lasting. They're they're turning around. But the rest of that division. Chargers 6 and 4, Vegas 5 and 5, Denver 5 and 5. How does that shake out for you?
0: Yeah, I think the Chargers still to me, the Chargers the Chargers are a team that I believe are 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 gonna, you know, are gonna be there at the end. I think they have enough talent offensively. Their quarterback had a little bit of a lull. He was great last week against the Steelers. I, I think the Chargers will be there in the end. The Raiders are gonna raider. The Raiders feel like they're done to me. And um you know, right now it's a it's a battle between the Raiders and the Broncos to see who finishes last place. Um uh, Uh, In that division, because I don't think either of those teams at at whatever they're at, five and five or middle of the pack records, I don't think either of those teams are contenders.
1: But the Broncos gave big contracts to receivers.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? That's a, that was a, that's a, uh, we'll see you next year. Uh, We hope it works out and maybe there's one of those quarterbacks that's going to hit the free agent market that uh, will be attracted to the stability we have at the receiver position.
1: Oh, you think those were more culture or... Enticement, yeah. enticement moves more than they were. Hey, we think these two players are just going to be great players down the road.
0: I think it really is about building. A, I think it's really about building a culture within the organization to say, "Hey, listen, if you work hard and you bust your ass and you're the type of player that that we want here in Denver, then um, you know that that does it the right way. That's good in the community. You look at George Payton, the new general manager of the Denver Broncos. He is rewarded now." Culture building guys. So Justin Simmons. He got him done in the offseason. Now it's Tim Patrick, a guy that's a free agent that they gave an opportunity to, and every time he plays, he just gets better and better. And he's become really the, the number one target in Denver here this season. He was he started as the fourth wide receiver on the roster, and now he's really kind of become that number one guy. And then Cortland Sutton, a guy who was, you know, in his like in his second year really did some special things and looked like he was becoming a, a premier kind of big-time ex-receiver, then tears his knee up um, in the first game of last year, and now he's still progressing, still getting better on a, a day-to-day basis with his confidence and his, you know, confidence in his health. Um, but certainly, you know, all these guys have done it right in the community sense. Uh, sense. So I mean, that's a that's a cultural building. This is – we take care of we – we home grow guys and we take care of our guys.
1: All right, as we continue to uh, muddle through this middle class, this muddled middle class of uh, NFL teams, who are the contenders, who are the pretenders? All right, how about in the NFC East? You got Philadelphia at 5-6 uh, and six, and Washington at 4-6. and six. But both teams seem to be trending the right way.
0: Yeah, I think uh, – I, I, let's start with Washington. I think Washington is interesting to me. They're starting to play pretty good football. I think the big thing is 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 they have really discovered – um, you know, with their running game, Antonio Gibson's a, a six foot whatever, five eleven whatever, two hundred thirty pound guy. Um, and one of Ron Rivera's kind of complaints, if you will, was, "I hey mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta fall in love with a four yard run. You gotta fall in love with the physicality. Guys don't want to tackle you. You're that big. And yeah, you played receiver in college and you were a returner in college, and you've got the ability to be nifty. Quit being nifty and start running people over." Um, and, and, you know what, and don't try to, don't try to take every run to the, to the house. Sometimes you need to finish with physicality and that's, what's going to set you up for the big play down the road. And the last couple of weeks against Tampa, they did it. And then last week they did it again in Carolina. Um, and that has really opened up the play action game. The other thing is, uh, can, I would, I would ask you if Heineke can, like, can he maintain this kind of carefree, um, you know, manage the game but still have enough off-schedule stuff, excitement stuff, um, belief because he just plays better when he's letting things rip. He plays better when he's, you know, he's not trying to be perfect. And and can you have a good balance without turning the ball over in those situations? I, my, my tendency with them is to say I like him but I don't love him. And um, that's kind of where I sit with them. I think Philadelphia's got a legitimate chance to to really run the table. I mean, they've got they don't have to. I don't know that they even have to get on a plane. They got a couple games against the Giants. I think they've got you know they've got one game against the Cowboys. They got a couple games. Um, I still think left over Here, against real quick. I'll, I'll give them to yeah. you.
1: They got they go Giants, Jets, Washington. Mm-hmm. Giants again, and then Washington again.
0: Wow. Right. So I think they've got the legitimate, a legitimate opportunity Before to run the Before they finish table.
1: against the Cowboys
0: at home. If Dallas scuffles right. at all down the stretch, all of a sudden, that
1: last game of the season could, could be for the division.
0: Right. I think they could run the table up to that last game. And, and you know, they've completely flipped the script. So they went from you know, the first seven games, 63% throwing the football. And I'll give I'll give Nick Sirianni, who took a lot of grief early, I'll give him a ton of credit that he essentially, like he essentially assessed his football team and said, "We're not going to win this way. Now nah, how we're going to win." So I ha- I'm, I'm having a conversation. You'll love this about him. I'm having a conversation with him um, last Friday, in um, in the Eagles facility, and the reverence he has for his family. For his father, who's a, a high school coach, his brothers, who were both one was a high school coach, one's a Division three coach, who he basically just said, "best coaches I've ever been around." Like my brother's the best coach I've ever been around, and and like he lights up when he talks about his family and just is is you know his where he grew up and the, kind of the football family that he grew up in, and he's talking about his high his one coach or his one brother who coaches high school football. And he says, "Listen, this is how good my brother is, and something I learned from my brother." He goes, "My brother won a state championship in a pro style offense. You know, a big, you know, big uh, high school pro style offense." And he goes, "He drives. He, he takes his team all the way. They, you know, they they win a a state championship. They have a bunch of guys graduate, and he really doesn't have that personnel in the running back position or whatever. But the guys coming up, he's got a bunch of really quick, you know." really quick good-handed fast wide receivers so he goes he changes to a spread offense and he goes back and wins another state championship as a spread offense so then he loses that class of kids and the following year he's like what are we gonna go- do so he develops an offense as a wing T offense and he goes back to a state championship he didn't win it but he won he went to three state championships in a row won two of those state championships, one with a pro style offense, one with a spread offense, and one with a wing T offense. And he goes, he's just, he's phenomenal at assessing what he has and what fits his team best. And so Nick went back to the drawing board and said, what I'm doing isn't working. So what can I do for us to have success? And he's done it, you know, everybody talks about injuries. He's done it with his two starting guards, both going down to season-ending injuries, and him starting two other, one rookie and one guy that, you know, was a journeyman at the guard position, um, you know, missing his right tackle for some time. I mean, he's done it with with a myriad of different guys. And um, i tell you what, I'll give him a ton of credit for assessing what he was, what he needed to be, and putting his people in position. It sounds so
1: simple, doesn't it, Mark? It 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 really does. does. It it sounds so simple. Coach to what you have rather than – what you want coach to what you have as opposed to well this is my system this is the way it's done coach to what you have and it just seems to me that so many coaches coordinators they they coach to what they perceive they have
0: or what they hope they have rather than what they just have correct and I don't get it I I don't I don't either Mike I think it's just I, you know, th- some of it is, I think, his ego. Some of it is, I think, you know, under my expert tutelage, I'll get these guys to play right. really well. But, I, you know, I think he looked at his young quarterback and said, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is, Jalen Hurts is not in a position in his career right now where he can drop back 35 times or 40 times and win us a football game. Because although he can do it, and he'll make some great plays. He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to miss some protections. He's going to miss some blitz pickup. He's going to throw an errant ball or two. And ultimately, we're going to lose those games. But if we use him in the running game, we use him to, to complement our running game and our backs, uh, we give him that opportunity to make those decisions on the line of scrimmage, we set up the play action, we get him outside the pocket, he, he's, he's going to be really good. And, you know, I saw... Adam Schefter, um, put a tweet out about his, like his development where he is right now. And Mike, I'm telling you, it was, um, let me see if I can find it really quick because it was, it was a fascinating, I think it was Adam that put the tweet out. It was a fascinating tweet and it may have been, you know, it may have been an Instagram post, but right now he compared, um, Lamar, um, Lamar Jackson's first however many starts and what he was able to do in his first X number of starts versus Jalen Hurts in his first same number of starts. And Jalen Hurts has better numbers in every category. Yards thrown, touchdowns, um, it, like every single category, Jalen Hurts has better numbers. Wow. and Which shocked me. Um, I mean, it just was, it was absolutely shocking to me and yet here we are. So I, I, I can't seem to find it, but it was, it was pretty amazing. Um, and you know, and you look at those, you kind of look at those things, Mike, those are kind of amazing to me. It's just an amazing, you know, amazing kind of testament to put him in the right position and then letting him, letting him go do his thing. Here it is right here. I got it. Okay. First 15 career starts, Lamar Jackson. Total offense, total yards, offense, 4,120. Total touchdowns, 26. Total turnovers, 12. Total first downs, 213. Okay, that's Lamar. Okay, here is Jalen Hurts, 4,115. Okay, he's five yards short. So, five yards short on total offense. Touchdowns, Lamar had 26. Jalen Hurts has 29 turnovers. Lamar had 12, Jalen Hurts had 11. Total first downs. Lamar had 213. Jalen Hurts has 209. So huh. like pretty much identical, like identical numbers. Interesting. Which, it would shock me. So I had that wrong. I thought all four of them were better. But, but, they just, were like, all,
1: but just like um, you've talked a lot about how John Harbaugh took a look at Lamar Jackson and understood hey, if we're going to make it work with this guy. We have to reassess and basically change everything that we do offensively, and it seems like Sirianni, after a slow start, came to that same realization not only with Hurts, but with uh, with his entire offense. And 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 credit to credit to him. Harbaugh's been around for a long time. He had the um, uh, he had the pelts on the wall to be able to do something like that. Sirianni's a first year coach, and at least he was secure enough in himself midway through to to change change course.
0: Right, to say, hey man, this is what I'm doing right now is not working. Right, um, it's not giving us the best chance to win. Like it takes it takes an amount of humility to just sit down and go, okay, that is, that's not working. Like that's good enough to get me fired. Let's see, you know, and and I'm not putting my players in the best position. There's some energy, man, with Philly right now. Some yeah. big time energy.
1: All right. So while we continue on this exercise, the teams that uh, would appear to be middle class, but you think still have some uh, potential to go on a run. What about Minnesota? Watched a lot of their game against Green Bay, and, man, there's a lot of talent there. Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is... Yeah. He's one of those guys that just will make some of the best throws you'll ever see, and then he'll make one that one head-scratching throw. He got away with one. It was an interception that the Green Bay player could not possess all the way to the ground. Otherwise, they lose that game. They get a, a reprieve. They end up winning. But what about Minnesota?
0: Yeah, Minnesota's Minnesota is all those things you said, right? They're sitting at 5 and 5. They're incredibly talented. I mean, they're big-time talent. Um on the offensive side of the ball, they can protect, they can run the ball, they can, you know, they've got big-time receivers. They've developed a tight end in Conklin who is a, a a matchup problem for teams. I mean, like they are they are they're really good they just find a way to be in – they find a way to play every team they play really close. Right. It doesn't, like, it just doesn't matter. They're going to make – they're going to give up – like, defensively, they give up big plays constantly. Like, they constantly give up, you know, explosive plays. Um, they they have way too many mistakes, mental mistakes, which is totally – it's not a, you know, a, a Zim – like a Mike Zimmer team from that standpoint. So – they are a bit perplexing to me. They can play with any team, they can beat any team and they are the ultimate they could lose to any team. I think they've, Mike I think they've got a chance. I think they've got a chance um, but I think their schedule is tough. I think that I think this week they head to San Francisco, who to me is yeah. the team <laughs> to me is the team that frankly may end up winning the AFC West. NFC West. I mean, excuse, NFC West, excuse me. Um, I, know, I know Arizona is, is they got it done with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy just seems to be able to beat, you know, I mean, it's Seattle Seahawks. Last year he beat them playing for the Giants, I think it's 17-12 to 12 in a game I called. And then this week he goes back to Seattle with Arizona and he almost doesn't, I mean, he almost doesn't throw an incompletion. I mean, he just cuts them up. So, um, but I think San Francisco, I said this, I think two weeks ago, I believe they could go on a run where they win, you know, seven or last eight games. Mm. Yeah, you earlier in the week we were talking. You
1: said you thought they could win the NFC. Yeah, if they're the kind of team that if they get in, they could end up going all the way to the NFC Championship game.
0: Correct. Wow. And it, it just the way they're constructed, if they and they haven't been healthy, and you know they haven't been healthy in two years, and all of a sudden it looks like they're finding their health and with the way they run the ball um and and all the explosive play action stuff they they create off that run game uh and the way that plays complementary football wise to to their defense they've got a chance to be a really like a really tough out all right, now well, if they don't if they don't do that and they have to drop back and say hey uh you know, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo, go uh, throw it thirty-five times and win us this game. I don't. I don't believe that's how they're constructed. I don't believe they can win that way.
1: Okay, um, and then that leaves just the two more teams: uh, Carolina and uh, the Saints.
0: Uh, no, and no. I just don't think offensively. I don't think the Saints have enough, and I don't trust Carolina. I don't like. I just I'm I'm not a I'm not on that bandwagon with Carolina right now. All right, fair enough. All right. Time now for our picks. Uh, last
1: week, I had a rough go of it uh-huh. as uh, I went 0 and three, losing the Chargers, Tennessee, and Buffalo. Mm. You went. Uh, you went three and zero. You went with Miami. Mm. No, no, you had Miami. No, you went... no. I, I found the picks. I'm okay. looking at them. You had Miami, San Francisco, and woofed And And woofed. you went three and zero. And that. I went zero three, making a push. So you mm. got a little separation, right? A little separation. So I get to go first this week, okay? Which uh, apparently I'm going to need. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so uh, here we go. Let me take a look at uh, the games for this weekend. And uh, all right, my turn. Here we go. I'm going to go. I'm going to ride the hot hand that are the New England Patriots right now as they're coming off their mini buy. And they are at home against a Titans team that looked bad in the rain against Houston. I suspect the Titans are better than that. But uh, how much better against a New England team that is rolling right now? I'm going to take New England giving up the 6.5. I know, it's kind of a big number. I'll take New England minus the 6.5 to beat the Titans. Uh, I am also going to take the Chargers on the road at Denver minus 2.5. Sorry, I'm not uh, buying... Although Vic Fangio, with time to do a deep dive, we we saw how he neutralized Dallas. Maybe he's mm-hmm. got the same plan for uh, Justin Herbert and the uh, Chargers And uh, I'm going to take the. Uh, let's see, one more here, one more. Who do I like? I'm going to take the Colts minus two or plus two and a half at home to upset the Buccaneers. How about that? Ooh,
0: yeah, Ooh, the Buccaneers. shot. Bu- Buccaneers struggle on the road, so they have struggled on the road. No question about that. I think that's a, I think that's interesting. And that's where I'm going to start, interesting. Mike. At, I think that that's uh, where I'm going to start. That's interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily trust you. The Colts did a great job. There's no question. The pressure they bring, um, their ability to stop the run, I think is, is incredible. They didn't have their big nose tackle in Vita Vea. Uh, I think the Bucs are about ready to go on a run. I'm going to disagree with you there. Ooh. I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win that by at least a field goal, um, the Bengals, I just don't, like, I don't trust the Bengals. I know they got a big win against the Raiders, but come on, they're the Raiders. And uh, and the Steelers sitting at five and four right now. Um, I think the Steelers go into to uh, Bengal country and uh, beat the Bengals. So uh, the Bengals minus four, I'm going to take the Steelers and mm, the points. That's a good pick. And then I think. Um, There's one obvious. I, I, I even passed on it because
1: I left it for you because I know how much you want it. What what is that one? San the, Francisco. The object of your affection.
0: Yes, I'll take the 49ers <laughs> over the Vikings. I'm, the forty ers giving up three points. I'll take the forty. I mean that could be
1: up. the that could be the forty niners minus
0: thirty, and you'd still take them because you. Love yeah, I them. would. I'd be like, you know, I really feel like they're going to score forty and uh, <laughs> yeah. forty to
1: nine. I really yeah. feel it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So anyhow that's kind of the direction I'm
1: going. All right, sounds good.
0: All right, All right so enjoy there we- your uh, turkey leftovers this weekend. Uh, I appreciate that very much for everybody involved in the Stink and Truth podcast. We uh we appreciate you. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app, also check them out at betrivers.com and then my guys over at Dude Wipes guys, dudeproducts.com use the promo code stink15 get 15% off all your dude products for Mike. I am Mark for Ben. We thank you so much for listening.